I'm not seeing very well today. <laughs> All right, put my glasses on. Thank you, Sharon, and uh, Alan at the back. So our theme for coming weeks, well, I don't know how many weeks, we'll see, is just Jesus. Today is in the Hebrew calendar, Simchat Torah. Uh, not showing off, that means rejoicing with or over the Torah. Torah is the Old Testament scriptures, particularly the first five books of Moses. It's a Jewish holiday that celebrates and marks the end of an annual cycle of the public reading of the Torah and the beginning of a new cycle. It's a day for Jewish people to rejoice in the word of God. Well, I rejoice in the scriptures too, but not just the books of Moses, but the whole of the Bible, including the New but they are not the first thing that we need to think about when we think about the phrase, the word of God. Because Jesus is the word of God before there was a Bible. Here's John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Before Jesus came into the world, born of Mary, he didn't have the name Jesus. He picked up a number of prophetic names through the Old Testament, a messenger of Yahweh, Emmanuel, God with us, the Anointed One, the Messiah. But he didn't carry the name Jesus until the angel told Joseph to name him Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. Jesus is God my Savior. So here John points to the beginning. Genesis 1, in the beginning God created And John tells us more of the story. In the beginning, God created by the Word, and that's not just him speaking, it was through a person, through Jesus, the eternal Son. He's the one who reveals the Father, who speaks from the Father. And if you read Genesis carefully, you'll see the Holy Spirit was there too. The Holy Spirit was moving on the face of the waters. So notice the Word was creator, just as the Father is creator. John boldly says here, that the one who in time came to us and was given the name Jesus is actually our creator. Eternal God. God, the eternal Son. In Revelation 19, 2, Jesus is called the Word of God as he rides out to final battle and judgment. In fact, in some other places in Revelation and in John's letters, I think the Word of God needs to be thought about there. Is he talking about Scripture or is he talking about Jesus? And there are more occasions, I think, that need to be capitalized. I think John is talking about Jesus more often than we perhaps would trigger as we read those words, the Word of God. So he's the first Word of God and the last Word of God. Let me read to you Hebrews 1, verse 1 to 4. God, at various times and in various ways, spoke in time past to our fathers by the prophets, But he has in these last days, right now, in these times, spoken to us by his Son, whom is appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, his word of power, when he had by himself purged our sins, in other words, at the cross, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Get the picture there. 
This one who is our creator, who made the worlds, not just this world, but all the worlds that exist wherever they are, is himself the very image of the Father. In Greek, that's the icon, the icon of God, the very image of the Father. When you've seen Jesus, you've seen God. If you can understand Jesus and his character, then you're understanding who God is in character. So further down in John 1, John says, the Word, the Eternal One, the One who was from the beginning, the Creator, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There was a moment in time when John, with two other of the disciples, actually saw the glory of God in Jesus when Jesus was transfigured before them and shone as bright as the sun in their presence on a mountain in Israel. We call it the Mount of Transfiguration. We'll talk about that a bit later on, but mention something there. But we saw his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, the glorious Son of God, eternal Son of the eternal Father. Let me put that to you in a simple phrase. God, the eternal Son, became God-made man. And he did that so that we, humanity, men and women, boys and girls too, could see and hear God. God with a face, God with a smile, God shedding tears. The Word, the image of the Father, came as a human being. And he still is a human being. There is a man seating in the throne of God today. His name is Jesus. He came from the Father to bring us back to the Father. And though the Scriptures are the Word of God, it is because they speak from and of him. Jesus, the Word of God. It all points to him. John, Jesus said to the Jewish people of his time, you search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. You, you've got life from God. But these are what testify of me. The whole of scripture, all of the books of Moses, all of the prophets, all testify to Jesus. So this word testifies to the word, who is the revealer of God. And connected with the word are words like truth and wisdom. And I'm going to say a bit about them today. I'll come back and say some more another time, I think, about them too. But truth. Jesus said... Well, there you go. <laughs> Could have done this as an explosion or something. Uh, Jesus said... Uh, let me go down this one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There's no way to God except through him. That's a very exclusive statement. That excludes every religion other than one which is centered on Jesus. Doesn't it? They're all missing the point if they don't come to God through Christ Jesus. Pilate said when Jesus stood before him and was accused, and he knew that Jesus had done no wrong, and he was trying to get him out of the system. What is truth? Jesus had said he'd come into the world to bear witness to the truth, and Pilate said, what is truth? Now, Jesus is the truth. 
But we live in a world today which has information overload, doesn't it? Information technology coming out your ears. I'm going to say something to you today. The truth is not on your phone, tablet, computer, or TV screen. Some bits of it may be true, but a lot of it is not. A lot of what is out there is not the truth. You know, there used to be a program called The X-Files, wasn't it? The truth is out there. No, it isn't. The truth is in Jesus. And any truth that isn't connected to Jesus is a sub-truth and a secondary truth and probably not a very important one in the long run. The truth is in the Word of God, Jesus himself and the Scriptures that present him to us, which is why I feed on the Scriptures, because that's where I see Jesus and I get to know him and I understand him. Please understand, Karen and I have been tussling with this and watching some things about it recently, and we'll tell you about it if you want. Ask us, where did, what did you see and what did you know? Anyway, ask us later. Please understand that when you use news and social media, including things like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google searches, online news. Everything you search for is stored. The tech companies are keeping track of everything you look at and everything you search for. The next time you go back, you don't start from scratch. They start from where you left off. So you are offered more of the same thing that you previously appeared to be interested in. So if you look at the subject of vaccinations, you find some people talking about pros and cons of vaccinations. If you, you follow a few that say, well, I'm against the vaccinations. Next time you go back, you'll say, well, everybody's telling me they're against the vaccinations. You'll get more of the same that you left off. So there's a day, a little bit down the road here, where you say, I go on the internet and all I see is anti-vaccination stuff. Because that's what you've been looking at. You no longer see the other argument. That's what the tech companies' computers are doing. You've entered a maze. And the computer systems are moving you through that maze. You've stood on the, side, on the lip of a rabbit hole and you've looked down it. Before you know it, you're down there. Being fed rubbish. And if you could do a clean search of the internet, you'd say, well, there's all sorts of views about this. But soon, the more you press into looking at a certain track, the more you'll stay down that track because that's where the computer systems take you. Why do they do it? To keep you online, to keep you looking, to show you adverts, to, so they can get advertisers to pay them because you saw those adverts, even if you ignored them and clicked them away. They get paid for you having seen them on your screen. That's how it works. So don't fall down the rabbit hole. Don't walk into the maze. Recognize that what you're doing is handling something which is very dangerous. We live in the age of fake news so that even the truth is called fake news by the liars. Right? Liars call the truth fake news. What doesn't fit someone's distorted worldview is rejected as untrue. And if you have a different view, you're the enemy. So the world has become tribal. I am in this camp. And I hate them in that camp. We can't even have reasoned discussions. We can't even have civilized disagreements and discussions anymore. Because if you're either this or that, 
That is part of the outcome of this information age. That's what it's led us to. The same is true for online shopping. You're being tracked. So I, I, I know that eBay and Amazon know what I bought, and the next time I go, oh, do you want more of those? Why would I want more of those? Just bought one. No, I don't need any more plugs. I bought the ones I needed. But they're tracking you. Now, I've used information technology, computers, and so on, intensely all my adult life. It's a joke to say that I'm not IT proficient. But we all need to be smarter about how we use smart technology. We need to be cleverer than our smartphones and our computers. We can be aware of how IT and social media are geared to run, to maximize the profit for the tech companies, and to whom we are just data to be used and users to be manipulated. We can choose not to be tracked. We can choose to use other apps and browsers than, than Google, for instance. We can do some things to avoid being deceived and our data being used. But let me tell you this. A couple of articles I read this week. If any one of us thinks we are immune from being deceived, I've got news for you. You ain't. And I'm not either. There's some very, very clever trickery going on in this world today. But beyond being smarter about how we use smartphones and technology for our own sanity, and it is a matter of sanity, by the way, you can become very, very disturbed and depressed by the things you watch and read. You're feeding something which is not doing any good. We need as Christians to actively pursue the truth, which means knowing Jesus. Pursue knowing him. He is our all-encompassing, wrapping everything around truth. If it's not about him, I'm not sure I need it. He's our wisdom. Let's go on to another word, truth and then wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom and knowledge. You know, Proverbs is an interesting book because wisdom in Proverbs speaks as a person to us. And, and says, I was with him in the beginning, and I established the world. I, wisdom, did this and that. And that's Proverbs chapter 8. I don't have time to read much of it to you. But Proverbs chapter 8. And you think, well, that's strange. Wisdom is talking like a person. It's Jesus, the Word, being represented there as wisdom. In Luke 11, Jesus says, calls himself the wisdom of God. Therefore, the wisdom of God says, I will send them prophets and apostles. Some of them they will kill and persecute. Who sent the apostles and prophets to the church? who were pers- killed and persecuted. Jesus did. He represents himself as the wisdom of God. Paul and Corinthians contrast the wisdom of this world, which was Greek and Roman philosophy then, with the wisdom of God. And his point is this, that Jesus is the wisdom of God. If you want to be wise, you pursue him, not Plato and Socrates and the rest of them. Here's just a f- few points, two points from Paul's argument. Jews request a sign Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews, the stumbling block, to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, who hear the voice of the word, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. But of him, further down, are you in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. Jesus is our wisdom. And righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, that him who glories, glory in the Lord. Let me just define this for you. Knowledge may be information about life. 
but wisdom directs you how to live, how to do it. All right? And how many of you know that sometimes wisdom is in the little things? The little bit of information that actually makes it work? You know? Like operating a complicated car, you know? Well, you just need to do this and this and the rest. Oh, okay. You know? You can read the knowledge, big, thick manual, or someone can give you a little bit of practical wisdom that sets you off and sets you running, that gets you going. We need wisdom. We were singing it earlier. Give me wisdom. I like that. Pursue the truth. Pursue wisdom. Pursue knowing the Lord Jesus. Pursue him through the scriptures which speak of him, from him. Scripture presents us with Jesus, the word of God, the truth of God, the wisdom of God. And only as we listen to him, the word, through the word, will we begin to think rightly. As Christians in all ages, we live in a battle for our minds. You know, having to fight with fake truth and all the rest of it is nothing new. It's just they used to send it out on woodblock printing presses. Now it comes up on your screen. The way we think and reason and behave is always a battle for us as Christians because we're contrary to this world. We're not of this world. But this modern age employs a whole new set of weapons in the battle, including IT and social media. And we need to use them, but we need to be aware of how we use them so that we are not abused by them. We must not allow the world, and IT is definitely part of the world, the power of the world, to press us into its mold. Remind you again, Romans 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world in all its ways. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where are you going to get that from? By, by soaking in truth. By listening to the scriptures. To, you know, and I mean listening sometimes. Play them on, 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 your, on your iPhone. Do something smart with your smartphone. Play the scriptures. Let them talk to you. Listen to them. Be renewed by the, transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. We choose the word over the world. Again and again, day by day. We choose to pursue truth, not the stuff that's there on the screen. Look at Jesus, listen to Jesus, follow Jesus, think and live Christianly. I like that word. It's not, I didn't make it up, I just like it. Think and live Christianly, with Jesus at the center. We read in the Gospels that when Jesus was transfigured, the disciples saw his, saw his glory. At that moment, as they say, oh, wow, 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 wow. The Father, very rarely does God the Father do this. The Father spoke from heaven. And he said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. My friend, hear Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Listen for him. He's going to speak to you through the scriptures, through a friend talking to you, through someone praying for you. He's going to speak to you. Catch what he says to you. Every word that proceeds from his mouth gives you more life. Gives you more wisdom. Have you encountered him? Have you heard him call you out from darkness into light? Has the voice that called creation into being called you to new life in himself? Listen, please, to the voice of Jesus and his words. For he is the word of God, the image of God, the true revealer of God. Read the Bible. Look for him. Listen to him. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to break bread. I'm going to tell you how we're going to do that today. It's going to be different. Let's pray together. 
Father in heaven, we thank you. You set forward your son to be the face of God. The invisible God has a face and his name is Jesus. You made him flesh, human. You gave him up to the cross. You raised him from the dead. You seated him at your right hand. And to this very day, we continue to have a man who speaks for us and represents us in heaven. But that man, Christ Jesus, speaks to us from heaven. We pray that we may hear his voice and be made alive by his words and given wisdom by his words. That the whole of our life may be that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and it comes to us from Jesus and through the scriptures. Lord Jesus, we pray that we may honor you more and more as the living word. You who spoke the worlds into being, speak again, we pray, day after day to our hearts, for your words give us life. We don't live by bread alone. We may have a nice lunch later on, but that's not where the real stuff is. We live by every word that proceeds from your mouth, Lord. It makes us alive and new. Amen. Amen.